Welcome back to middle school. It's a zoo right there, so just be cool. Don't speak too loud, try to fit in. But if you don't, then you can be in. everyone and welcome to the outfit repeaters an unofficial lizzie mcguire recap podcast i'm your host marissa Cantor, and back with me as always is sam chung hello everybody hope you're all having a great day we are recording this on father's day so happy i guess belated father's day to all the fathers especially sam mcguire especially sam mcguire yeah is there a father's day specific episode that we should have recapped today I don't believe so, no. Is there a Mother's Day episode? I don't think so. The show has no Mother or Father's Day episodes? No representation. Wow, all right. I mean, there are episodes that would, like, fit well into, like, there is an episode that focuses on Lizzie and her relationship with her dad, as there is a relationship that focuses on Lizzie and her mom, but they aren't specifically about mother's day or father's day i feel like we haven't gotten that we've gotten significantly more lizzie and her mom moments than lizzie and sam mcguire moments that's true we had that one moment in the kind of pilot where sam mcguire went and had a chat with her and that's where we got so much drama but yeah since then there's really been no no big moments between them i feel like no the show really does kind of split the parents up even we saw it in this episode right like joe deals with lizzie and sam deals with matt yeah why is that why is that (laughs) why are you taking our christmas tree why (laughs) why did you just do that it's from your favorite dr seuss story the grinch how the grinch stole christmas the grinch we don't (laughs) get into this we're gonna lose listeners over this conversation santa claus please why are you taking our christmas tree It is is June. Why are you doing this? (laughs) I have no idea, but it's bothering you, so it makes me want to do it even more. (laughs) Stop, please. We're not here to talk about The Grinch. We are here to talk about Lizzie McGuire, specifically episode 119, Gordo and the Girl. Well, Lizzie's kind of a Grinch in this episode, so, (laughs) you know, it it all ties together. Yeah, in this episode, Lizzie and Miranda envy the time Gordo spends with his girlfriend. Matt gets candy using newfound math skills. This episode aired on August 17th, 2001. I think Lizzie's heart grew three sizes in this episode. You know, she starts off cranky and curmudgeon And honestly, the end really came out of nowhere. A little bit, but I think her heart was a little bit bigger at the end. Maybe not three sizes, but a little bit bigger. Yeah, I have a lot of questions that I would love to direct at Lizzie during this episode. I think my motto for this episode was, oh, that's convenient. Uh, Should we just dive in? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. So in the opening scene, we have Lizzie and Miranda at the Digital Bean, or as Sam still calls it, that weird cafe thing. And they are talking about how they are going to have a scary movie marathon 
sans Gordo because Gordo is spending the day with his dad. When I first saw this, I was like, oh, this is perfect timing because it's Father's Day and everybody's having a, a little clip with their dads. Even though they're, <laughs> the clips were like horrifying clips. There was a clip of like Lizzie getting stung by a bee, Miranda like breaking her toe or whatever. And we finally got to meet Miranda's dad just in general. Uh, but it turned out not to be about dads at all. Yeah, not about dads at all, about girls, specifically Gordo's girl. So Gordo, uh, it turns out, has a girlfriend. So much drama. Yeah, and completely lied to Lizzie and Miranda about his whereabouts. He was not hanging out with his dad. He was at the Digital Bean with Brooke Baker. We've never met Brooke Baker, correct? Correct. This is the first time we've ever seen Brooke Baker in our lives. Yes, and it is the last. And is the <laughs> Well, yeah, of course. Um, spoiler alert, they break up at the end of the episode, so now they have to avoid each other forever. <laughs> Even though they go to the same school and they have at least one class together. Yes. And she is supposedly a part of Kate and Claire's crew. But we had not seen her before. And as I said, we will never see her again. Yeah, I I know as little now as I did at the beginning of the episode. So I guess it's not a huge loss. Yeah, I think I noted that it wasn't until halfway through the episode that Brooke spoke for the first time. Do you wish you knew more about Brooke or is it better that we know nothing? The character driven writer in me wishes to know more because I feel like she's not a person or a character in this episode so much as a plot device. Like you said, everything about this episode was, oh, that's convenient. (laughs) <laughs> and that was that was Brooke's purpose in this episode, to be convenient. I mean, this happens with a lot of the side characters in general, like Aaron Carter, serially underdeveloped. <laughs> but he's Aaron Carter, so you kind of go into it with an, with an idea. I still know nothing about Aaron Carter. <laughs> As a person? <laughs> Just in general, like any aspect of Aaron Carter, I know, I know nothing. As you do know nothing about... I guess, no, that's a lie. He randomly kisses people. <laughs> Which is not great. Not great, Aaron Carter. But I digress. So, yes, Gordo, not with his dad. He's with Brooke and Miranda and Lizzie. See them. I mean, if you're trying to be under the radar about this, why are you going to the only place outside of Lizzie's house where they ever hang out? I know there has to be a normal cafe somewhere that they could go to. (laughs) This is not an under the radar approach, Gordo. Okay, so this is this I thought was very interesting. So Lizzie and Miranda see Gordo, and their first thought is maybe he's there looking for them. <laughs> <laughs> like, not everything is about you. Yeah, they are very narcissistic. <laughs> they, they show so many narcissistic tendencies. There's a great uh, video series on Vanity Fair where these two psych- <laughs> psychiatrists or psychologists like microanalyze different relationships in film and television. And I really want them to analyze Lizzie and Miranda. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack in this episode in terms of their psyche. Yeah, the, no, they're narcissists. They're possessive. They're <laughs> jealous. They're also don't think very highly of their friend. No, they... uh, That part bothered me the most. We'll get to that. I know. Gordo needs some new friends. But Gordo's also not the greatest. That's also true. Maybe they deserve each other. Maybe maybe all three of them deserve each other. But anyway, so as you said, first, 
Lizzie and Miranda think that Gordo are looking for them. Then they think that his dad is around, right? But not just like not there. And then like it doesn't, I feel like then at that point they notice Brooke, right? Like I don't even think they really process that she's there at first. I mean, they process it. I think they do because they see that Gordo's sitting with her. It doesn't connect with them. Like they probably think that he's just talking to her maybe about science class or like something school related or it doesn't occur to them at all that Brooke and Gordo came there together. Not at all. Until they start kissing. Until they start kissing. And like, honestly, I mean. This is a more serious kiss than Lizzie's kiss with Aaron Carter. It was. It was more than two seconds. Yeah, they got some real, they got some seconds in there. I hate that there has to be these like animated kissing noises every time anything remotely romantic happens on this show. They put those sound effects in all the time. I always, I'm always pointing those sound effects out. I know, and I don't like them. You don't like the added sound effects? No. All right, cool. We agree. Yeah. At first, they're like, well, at first, Miranda's like, oh my God, is Gordo on a date? And Lizzie's like, no way. It's Gordo. He's our best friend. He would have mentioned it. And they approach him, and that's when the, the kissing happens. And my question is, who is more bothered in this moment, Lizzie or Miranda? Miranda. <laughs> when we were watching this episode, I was like, oh, my God, Sam's going to have so many notes about the Miranda and Gordo thing. Because I think it, it came out very clearly in this episode. Um, <laughs> I've got a couple notes on it that we'll get to throughout the course of the episode. But it was clearly Miranda who's more upset by this. She's the first one to say something. She's the first person to notice something. She's the first person to jump to the conclusion that they're on a date. So it clearly bothers her more. Yeah, like Lizzie is more bothered in a, like, my friend didn't tell me this was happening in his life way. And Miranda is more, what is going on? I know. (laughs) Exactly. So, yes, the opening ends with the kiss, and then we cut to the theme song, and then we're back at Lizzie's house. I realized during this episode that I can, in my notes, type theme song and then type Lizzie's house after, and, like, 99% of the time, that's where we always go. But, yes, we are at Lizzie's house. Lizzie and Matt are both eating their breakfast um, pretty quietly. They're not bickering as per usual. So parents are automatically like, something's up. This is suspicious. And again, we get the sort of gendered parenting from the McGuire's where it's Joe's job to figure out what's going on with Lizzie and it's Sam's job to figure out what's going on with Matt. Yeah, um, and Sam does a better job here. Joe gets nothing out of Lizzie. Lizzie just gets up and leaves. Yeah, well, Joe's also being very like not subtle in her probing she's not being subtle but she's not being forthcoming she's like clearly trying she like if she wants to figure out something then like sam mcguire's approach is to be like matt it looks like something's bothering you and matt's like this is what's bothering me and joe like beats around the bush blah blah blah. i've packed this and this and this in your lunch and then it's just like prying but also matt is an easier person i feel like to communicate with than lizzie I would agree with that. Matt really spills it all. Yeah, Matt has like a a (laughs) slew of problems. A slew of problems. He has a science test today, he thinks. Um, He broke a a globe last week. Uh, He kicked the social studies globe by accident. 
And now he has to work in the cafeteria to help pay for a new one, which seems like a child labor violation in some way. Yeah. And he just doesn't know what's going on with math at all. But Sam's going to help him. So you know what? Sam, good work. Good work here. Good parenting moment. So then we cut to Lizzie's school, to science class. Lizzie and Gordo are lab partners, and they are dissecting an octopus, which feels really bold for a seventh grade science project. I mean, it's the only logical place to go after frogs. I don't know. It's pretty gross. This, like, Gordo is just leaning so hard into his lie. He asked how the movie marathon was and said that he and his dad got home too late to watch it, that they were at a book signing with some guy who walked across the Himalayas. And, like, that is just, like, Gordo is a liar. Yeah, he was good at it. Um, he was good at it. <laughs> didn't, even, didn't even blink, you know. But then more drama. So much drama. Yeah. <laughs> this episode is only drama. Brooke passes Gordo a note. And then Gordo's like, Lizzie, you got this octopus. See ya. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. And goes to hang out with Brooke, and leaving Lizzie alone, which is very out of character for David Gordon to abandon a science project. He must be in love. You know, good for Gordo. He's been kind of like just hanging around Lizzie all this time and Lizzie is clearly not interested. So, you know, he moved on. I mean, I would argue that we're not even getting those notes yet, though. Like there's been no indication in the episodes yet that Gordo is like romantically into Lizzie. I think there is. Whenever Lizzie's upset, Gordo's the one there to like try to console her like in the library that one time. And... Gordo's just always hanging out around Lizzie, like when they were in the newspaper room or whatever. Um, and Gordo's just like hanging out and just like bothering her. But why can't that just be friendship? Like, I don't think that there's been anything, part- like, I think it's going to become much more apparent that he's into her. Like, for now, it all feels very platonic to me. Like, boys and girls can just be friends and hang around each other. And annoy each other without liking each other. That is a thing. Okay. So then we cut to lunch. Lizzie is telling Miranda about the events that unfolded in science class. And Miranda is just regurgitating everything that Lizzie says. And says that her world is rocked. Like Yeah, that's, that's evidence <laughs> number two that Miranda is more affected by this than Lizzie. Her world was rocked. Yeah, but yeah, Gordo, so Gordo, you know, he left a science project. He got a note. He went on a date. And Lizzie's like, Miranda, you, you know he went on a date. You saw this. Lizzie says, here's the part that gets me all Confucius. This makes no sense. Like, go back to saying coolly, Lizzie. I know. First of all, if it made you, if it actually made you Confucius, you would understand it. Because... <laughs> Confucius. Confucius. Um, so really, I don't understand this, this, this line at all. But um, the part that makes her all Confucius isn't that Gordo has a girlfriend. It's that Gordo is somebody's boyfriend. Lizzie says at one point she feels like she's in a dream where everybody wants to kiss her frog. That's weird. <laughs> and like, what does that say about Gordo? That's 
horrible, actually. <laughs> That's so possessive. But is Gordo the... So, like, what is she trying to get at there? Kiss her frog? Like... Gordo, like Gordo's obviously the frog here. Right, Gordo's the frog. But then does that mean that he's also her prince? Oh, maybe. I don't know. That was This was a cartoon Lizzie sentence. Yeah, there's just so many mixed mixed signals happening here. Um, and Miranda says, I guess if you live long enough, anything can happen. And then Gordo walks up to them and says he's not eating lunch with them today. He's helping a friend with his with their homework. He's so he's still feeding into the lie. My question is again, if you're going to do that, why did you then walk over to Brooke's table and then sit with her right in plain sight? It's like he doesn't want to be up front and tell them, but like then you're doing everything right in front of their faces. Like they know. Well, I don't think Gordo expects them to, like, be stalking him as he then <laughs> goes to the table. Oh, my God. It was right in their line sight, in their line of vision. Uh, well, it's not stalking. You never That's know. That's like you they never were know. sitting, like, here. And then Gordo went do-do-do-do-do, walked, like, here. He went do-do-do-do-do. Yeah, that was um, me just demonstrating walking with my fingers. Walked <laughs> over, over to, an, like, right where they could see him. That's not stalking. Well, I, I'm sure that, like, they don't... He doesn't anticipate them just, like, watching his every move. But that's not even watching... it. Like, it's lunch. Like, everyone's around everyone. And plus, wouldn't it be a normal inclination to be, like, who's Gordo eating lunch with? Who is his friend? Like, where his friends? Gordo doesn't really have any other friends. So there would be a natural curiosity. From Gordo's perspective? From Lizzie's perspective. Like, wouldn't they be like, who is this friend? No, but you're, we're talking, I thought we were talking about from Gordo's perspective. I'm talking about, yeah, from Gordo's perspective, why wouldn't he think that Lizzie and Miranda wouldn't be curious about this and like wouldn't see where he went to sit? Because he's not as much of a narcissist as Lizzie and Miranda. Oh my God. You're going to say, we had that whole episode about Gordo and his science project and you're going to say that Gordo's not a narcissist? <laughs> like, really? No. I, I'm talking about comparative narcissism. I don't know. I just think it's not a cool move to just go eat right in front of them, ditch them, and then just yeah, be right in plain sight. And then, I don't know, exactly. Wait, you don't think it's cool? Gordo is allowed to have his own life. But he's lying about it. Like, why lie? It's very new. He wants to, you know, figure out what it means to him first before he brings this information forth to Lizzie and Miranda, especially oh, because, because they, <laughs> especially because it turns out they act um, not very uh, receptively. Well, maybe they would have acted more receptively if he wasn't being so deceitful about it all. Uh, I don't know about and that. And like you say that about keeping things on the DL as if that's something you believe when I know for a fact that is not. No, I'm just saying, I don't think that they would have reacted any differently because later on when Gordo's like, I'm, I'm me, uh, Brooke and I are together, they're like, oh, she's using you. And I feel like even if he had just come out and said that, they would have said the same thing because Brooke and Claire are friends. But I think that and he And maybe got that's the real reason because Gordo knows that Lizzie and Miranda don't like Claire and by extension Kate, so he doesn't want to be judged. But I think that that's not cool. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, don't like that. He was just so good at lying to them. 
I feel like you were defending that call. I'm just offering the count. The I'm just offering the uh, opposing viewpoint. He's allowed to have his own life, but he didn't really get off on the right foot with Lizzie and Miranda about this whole relationship when he just hid it from them. Well, that's true. He could have also said when Lizzie asks, "Why didn't you uh, come to horror movie night?" He could have said, "I didn't feel like it." Yeah, but he got And that would have, the same thing would have happened. If he had said, I didn't feel like it. Not a lie, not the entire truth, but we'd be in the same predicament as we are right now. Just the fact that he put together such a fleshed out and complicated lie doesn't sit right with me. Like it was unnecessary and not cool as a friend. Okay. But on the same note, Lizzie's very terrible in this episode too. Okay, so if he had said, I just didn't want to hang out with you guys, is that better? What, better than, like, bringing his poor father into it, you mean? I guess, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Just, like, again, like, just contriving such a lie felt a little over the top. Like, is Gordo, but is Gordo allowed to, are you saying Gordo is allowed to keep this to himself if he wants to? Or are you saying that Gordo doesn't have the right to privacy because he has a friend? Yeah, I I mean, everybody has a right to privacy. I just think that you don't need to come up with such an elaborate lie. Okay, yeah, that's fair. But then Lizzie turns this into, we need to protect Gordo from getting hurt. Yeah, um, because Gordo is H&H with Brooke. H&H has to mean hot and heavy, right? Are they they H&H? I mean, that's... Feels like an overstatement. <laughs> <laughs> that's not my words. That's their words. I forget who said it, if it was Lizzie or Miranda, but somebody says that Gordo is H&H with Brooke. And what if she's just using him? Then we cut to the McGuire house where Sam is helping Matt with his math homework um, using gumballs as a visual aid to help with teaching him percentages using like thousands of gumballs so many gumballs (laughs) and then matt very quickly develops a gambling problem yeah um because once you learn all about percentages and odds gambling is the next most logical step yes and in this scene sam asks matt to take out the trash and then matt's response is i bet that you're gonna ask me to do that again and if you do ask me to do it again that means i don't have to do it To which Sam is like, Matt, take out the trash. And Matt's like, nope. And that's that scene. Yeah, because that's that's how odds work. That's how it works. (laughs) Then we cut to the digital bean where Lizzie is spiraling. Now she's worried that, you know, Gordo has abandoned her and Miranda's going to leave her next and she'll be all alone. But Miranda promises Lizzie that she has nothing to worry about that Lizzie will always know all the deets. And Lizzie goes on to say that Gordo is with someone who is totally wrong for him. And again, based on what exactly? As far as I can tell, I mean, we have gotten nothing about Brooke to base this off of as a viewer. It feels to me like Lizzie and Miranda sort of just group Kate and her friend, Kate and Claire, and just all their friends together. So if if you can make a conjecture about either Kate or Claire then by extension, all of their friends exhibit those same traits. So that seems to be like, to me, where that's coming from. Okay, that's fair. It's it's not correct. It's very judgmental. (laughs) 
But that seems to be the rationale. And then as they're spiraling about this, it turns into a, do you like Gordo? No. Wait, do you like Gordo? Well, no, because Miranda says she likes Gordo. She does. And then Lizzie says, wait, you like Gordo? But like, not like that. (laughs) And then- Ew, gross. But then Lizzie's in her head, Lizzie's like, I think I don't like him. And then she's like, no. So they're hor- they're hormonal preteens. They are, and th- you know, it's they're on, very confused right now. It's on full display, and then Gordo comes over, and I'd like to play the clip here. Hey, I'm glad you guys are here. I wanted to tell you something. Well, we wanted to tell you something too, and there's no easy way to say this, but uh, we know about you and Brooke. Oh, that's exactly what I wanted to tell you guys about. We kind of saw you two together. And don't take this the wrong way, but um, have you ever thought that maybe she's using you? Is there a right way to take that? You bailed on me in science, then at lunch to help her with her homework, and I know I saw you two kissing. I'm still trying to cleanse the memory. (laughs) You guys saw us here the other night? We're best friends. I can't believe you haven't mentioned her. Not once. Well, I'm sorry if I wanted to keep something in my life private. We're just trying to help you, Gordo. We're protecting you. We don't want you to get hurt. By telling me she's using me? Why? Because a girl like Brooke could never like a guy like me? Well, guess what? She does. It's just that it's Brooke Baker. I mean, she's friends with Claire. That's all we're saying. She's also friends with me. In fact, we're more than friends. Funny, I came here to tell you guys how happy I am, thinking you'd be glad for me. I guess that's just too much to expect from my best friends. See you around. Gordo, wait! Ugh, that music. (laughs) I don't think I realized that they used such heavy, sad piano music when I was watching it the first time. It really just struck me just now how melodramatic that scene is. Uh, At the end, too, I think they play the same music at the conclusion. What irony that (laughs) Lizzie and Miranda don't want Gordo to get hurt but in the process hurt him even more. I think that's a little bit of the point. <laughs> I know, I'm just I'm just putting that out it's there. It's very apparent that Lizzie is trying to make this about Gordo, but it is very much about herself. Yeah. It's very much like you bailed on me in science. You helped her with like it's very much a self-centered. Like it's not about Gordo. No, and this is just an excuse, but it's a bad excuse because it just does not sit well with Gordo. And like, I don't know. I have really, I don't know. My feelings keep flip-flopping on this episode. See, this scene is why I think that they would react the same way regardless of what Gordo had done earlier in the episode. Yeah, because I think a better, I feel like they would have been more justified in their, in, in a response if it started with the, I can't believe you didn't tell me. And, like, just being more hurt that, like, we're your friends. You should, you should be comfortable, like, telling us this. But that's not what happens. Yeah. Lizzie and Miranda would still have the same complicated feelings. And then they would just deflect and try to be like, oh, we're just looking out for you. When in, in reality, they're trying to, to... They're looking out for themselves. Yeah, look out for themselves. <laughs> and then we are back at the McGuire house. Um, Matt is showing his newfound knowledge of odds and percentages and betting to Lanny. And he starts betting on things, but it's not really betting on things because he knows that he can manipulate these things to happen. 
right? Like he says, I bet that Lizzie will yell at me. And then he proceeds to throw something at Lizzie, knowing she will then yell at him. Yeah, he's already 100% sure of the outcome. So it's not really a bet. Well, it's a bet, but it's like a, there's no risk. No. And then Lanny, he cheers. like He like kind of pumps his fists in the air, and this strikes Matt. And he says that that's a great idea. We'll play odds and percentages at school with other people's candy. And yeah, I mean, I'm just going to keep saying it this episode. Matt McGuire has a gambling problem. This isn't even, this is a little bit different than a gambling problem, I think, because what Matt has essentially done is create an illicit gambling ring. He's not necessarily the one gambling. He's like the house in this situation. So he's exploiting other people's uh, inherent gambling problems and then using it to just take their things. He's a genius. (laughs) Yes. When you put it that way... Because well, that's, that's what he's done, right? Like, he's the one setting the odds. He's the one setting all the terms of the bets. And he's the one, at the end of the day, just, like, raking in the cash and the puppies. And the puppies. Yeah. Yeah, you're so right. But from there, we are back at school. Lizzie's upset. This is the longest that she and Gordo have gone without talking. Um, the last time was when he deliberately smushed her brownie in third grade. And that only lasted like an afternoon. They were speaking again by the bus ride home. So it's been what, like a day? It's been a day. (laughs) And yeah, they're kind of wallowing. They're like missing Gordo. And Miranda's like, I guess when you're friends with a boy, things get complicated. That's when Harry met Sally lesson number one. (laughs) It's true. And they, at this point over here... Claire saying that she needs to help Brooke get ready for her hot date at the Holy Rigatoni. I wish that I lived near a Holy Rigatoni. I know you do. It seems kind of like, it seems kind of like an Olive Garden-esque kind of restaurant. They try to pass it off as like, oh, Holy Rigatoni, that's a date night. But like, it's clearly a chain Italian restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) And this triggers Lizzie who believes that Brooke must be two-timing Gordo because Gordo and hot date are never used in the same sentence, which is just really rude, Lizzie. And again, it's holy rigatoni. Let's, it's holy rigatoni. <laughs> let's slow our roll here. And especially by Claire. So Lizzie is full convinced at this point that Gordo could not possibly be the guy who is going on this hot date with Brooke because Claire would never talk about Gordo in that way. That hurts my heart a little bit for Gordo. I know. Like, his friends think so little of him. He needs better friends. But he also needs to be a better person himself. That's I don't know, true. It's very complicated. It turns out all Gordo needed was a girlfriend and to dump Miranda and Lizzie, and his street cred just would improve. So Lizzie approaches this by, like, apologizing to Gordo, and we see, again, a very... She has the same thing her mom does, right? Like, she tries to get information out of him horribly like (laughs) she gets it from her mother i guess it's genetic yeah then we get the first line in the episode from brooke baker literally at the midpoint of the episode where she says david hurry we're gonna be late for science 
David. David. She calls him David. David. That's um, his name. That <laughs> forget sometimes, but yeah, that that is his name. This this is totally the wrong approach from Lizzie. Like, what's her plan here? She's just gonna break the news that Brooke is going on a date to Holy Rigatoni with somebody. Like, why doesn't she just ask Gordo? Like, are you and Brooke going on a date today? Yeah, that would have solved every problem in this episode. I know. Like, does she think that she's going to be the the bearer of bad news here and then they'll just break up? I don't understand. Like, all she had to do was be like, hey, Gordo, even if she wanted to be a little coy about it, she could have even been like, like, what are you doing after school? Want to go to the Digital Bean? And to which Gordo could say, no, actually, I am going out with Brooke. Boom, I know, episode he doesn't over. Even, he doesn't even have to lie anymore. Episode I know. over. <laughs> the end. The end. Um, but that can't happen, of course, because we're only at the midpoint of the episode. I know. Um, so now Lizzie is even more convinced that Brooke is up to no good, to which Miranda's kind of like, girl, we got nothing out of that conversation. Like, yeah. And at this point, Miranda says, you're going to keep having nothing unless you spy on him. And go to the Holy Rigatoni. Miranda, that's a great idea. And Miranda's like, I wasn't serious. But of course, Miranda gets roped in. And Lizzie's like, yes, we are spies. Cut to Holy Rigatoni. Cut to Holy Rigatoni. Uh, <laughs> will we return to Holy Rigatoni? Because it looked like a great restaurant. <laughs> I am sad to say that I do not think so. I mean, it, was, uh, it had a more cohesive theme than the Cheesecake Factory. So that's already something. The Cheesecake Factory objectively makes no sense. It's true. <laughs> but yes, we are at the Holy Rigatoni. Lizzie and Miranda show up as if they're on a date. And this is the most uncomfortable part of the episode for me because Miranda is dressed like a man. The explanation being that her voice is deeper. Like, I don't know what the purpose of them pretending that they're like a uh, male female couple on a date is yeah i don't know why they need to be on a date um or do only do only heterosexual oh. couples get to eat at holy rigatoni i guess it is holy it is holy rigatoni so i know it's not like uh <laughs> non-secular rigatoni yeah there's just so much uh about this this whole thing like the heteronormativity of it well it's also like why do they why can't they just go as who they are? Right. Like, why can't like two, two friends, friends go to the Holy... <laughs> dinner at Holy Rigatoni. I don't understand. Right. Like, it's just it's just such a bad look, and it definitely feels like it was supposed to be... And during Pride Month. I know. Well, I guess it's Pride Month for us. It wasn't for them. But during Pride Month. Come on now. It w And it was, like, very clearly supposed to be, you know at the expense of a laugh. Like, it was supposed to be funny. And maybe it was funny in 2001, but in 2020, it really wasn't. Yeah, it just makes no sense. It just makes no sense. And it goes even further with, um, like, Miranda needs to use the bathroom. Um, and then is like, which one? <laughs> she can't go into the men's room because they have those fa weird fountain thingies on the wall. <laughs> like, do you not know what a urinal is? <laughs> She'd rather call it a weird fountain thingy. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's just like the reality is that this is like a huge issue still in the trans community is like using the bathroom that you identify with and just, ugh, it just, ugh, I did not like that 
this whole thing was a thing. It's it's definitely not a good look. And um I yeah, I don't even know what to say about it. The the whole point, I guess the whole point uh, of that being the case is because the uh, eventually they want Miranda to have to go into the men's room to follow Gordo. Right, but they don't know it's Gordo yet. So it's yet. like that's another instance of like, oh, how convenient, you know? Um or inconvenient, but she never even ends up going into the bathroom because Gordo's already on his way back. No? Or does she actually no, go into the bathroom? No, she does go into the bathroom. Oh, so she does go, in, she does go into the bathroom. Yeah, okay. she, like, plugs her nose and, like, goes into the bathroom. Right, right, right. But I just, yeah, there definitely could have been another way to uncover Gordo's identity without cross-dressing and, you know, using sort of, like, trans issues as a joke yeah definitely bad bad Ugh. i i hate i hate like it always feels so weird like dissecting a cringy moment and then like moving on from it i mean that's what the episode does just plops cringy things and then moves on (laughs) just drops a cringe bomb and then runs away (laughs) oh it certainly does but yes as you said the whole point of this was we see Brooke, but we can't see who she's with. He, um, he is conveniently masked by either plants or waiters, or we can't get a good look at him. However, if they were being if they were being observant, they would have noticed that it was Gordo based on the orange, bright orange shirt that he was wearing all day. That's true. He was wearing that same shirt at school. <laughs> But yes, he gets up and goes to the bathroom. Miranda follows him into the bathroom. And then we cut quickly back to Matt fully orchestrating his gambling ring. He's, you know, he's taking calls. He's having Lanny write down the bets. He has a whole book to keep track of everything. Very organized. Yeah, got to commend the organization. Yeah. And then we're back at Holy Rigatoni where Miranda runs out of the bathroom and is like, we have to get out of here. It's, it is Gordo. And now they're like, oh, abort, abort, abandoned mission. But of course they cannot. On their way out, they are stopped by the strangest waiter I think I've ever encountered. I want to play a little bit of this guy because <laughs> okay. I think me just describing his voice just like won't get it across. <laughs> this guy is such a cartoon character. I wrote, why does he sound like a surfer bro? He is. He's like a surfer bro in a suit. He doesn't (laughs) sound Italian at all. (laughs) Like normally when you hear these like, oh, we're going to a stereotypical Italian restaurant, you know, you get the stereotypical, uh, you know, Italian things. Uh, But this guy just totally opposite direction. Hey, thanks for waiting. Your table's ready. Oh, we're not staying. Thanks. Sure you are. First dates make me nervous, too. Cute couple. What do we do? Oh, here. Thanks, guys. Right this way. Everything bellissimo? Enjoying your meal? Okay, good. While you wait for your server, may I suggest an appetizer? I'd recommend our ooey-gooey, extra-chewy mozzarella marinara madness or our large and in-charge artichoke barge with perfect Parmesan puffs. So there is no, like, plot or narrative purpose to showing that clip. But, like, who is this guy? (laughs) (laughs) Does there ever need to be a purpose for me to show a clip? What do you mean? Well, no, there doesn't need to. No, but 
typically we show a clip that tends to like move the plot forward or something to unpack like a character note or, but this is just like. I just wanted all of us to listen to this man say, ooey gooey, <laughs> marinara madness, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, we heard it. Oh my God. I <laughs> I should have looked this guy up because I'm very interested <laughs> um, to see what what other work this person has done and, um, you know, is this his natural voice? We or can do that. Is this, or is this like a character that they told him to do? Okay, so his name is Carlos Alizraki. Yeah, he has quite, he's a voice actor. He's done a lot of stuff. I mean, he has quite a voice, so that makes complete sense. It's very extensive. This guy was the voice of Laszlo in Camp Laszlo? What a throwback. For me, the throwback is Mr. Crocker in The Fairly Odd Parents. Okay. I <laughs> loved Fairly Odd Parents. All right, so. He's done a lot of things. All right, so not Wait. this guy's voice. They told him you need to be a They told him the waiter at Holy Rigatoni needs to be a surfer, bro. This is what we need. And he was like, okay. The more you know. I'm glad we went down that rabbit hole. Me too. So then we get to see our first clip of some quality time between Brooke and Gordo. And it's very surface level. It is, but it's 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 definitely intended to like set up their impending breakup. Brooke says that she wishes that she and Gordo could spend more time together, and Gordo is like, "We spend a lot of time together already." So Gordo isn't really <laughs> it doesn't seem into the amount of time that they're spending together, which does not bode well for their relationship moving forward. No, he also, says, he's very turned off by the string of cheese that for some reason Brooke does not realize is on her face for the entire scene. Yeah, I don't know why we needed that. Gordo says the only way we could spend more time together is if he literally transferred into all of her classes. And she was like, can you do that? And he was like, eh. Uh, she's very into him. Yeah, which like, honestly... Lizzie and Miranda were very wrong. They were. Like, she is clearly into him. Yeah, and she's into him for him, not for his help with her homework. Lizzie and Miranda decide to make a run for it. A, a literal a run literal for it. A literal run for it. Very No planning. No like. planning. Very not graceful. They collide with the waiter. Fall to the ground. Spaghetti, pasta, all the sauces spill all over them. Holy rigatoni. Holy rigatoni. <laughs> They're covered in food and they have been exposed. They have. And then they're trying to, or I guess Lizzie is trying to really explain herself out of the situation. And then the waiter goes, are you done yet, bro? <laughs> <laughs> to which Gordo is like, no, they'll never be done destroying my life. This is just one night of it. And at this point, Lizzie finally feels bad. Yeah. I mean, it took long enough. Took long enough. So then we cut back to the McGuire house. And I do have to say, I appreciate that in this episode, the Matt storyline gets concluded. We have so many episodes where Matt, there's no consequences for his actions. His B story kind of just ends. It is weird, though, that Sam just kind of like disappears from the episode. That I would agree with that. But at least we get some sort of conclusion. And the conclusion is that Joe finds Matt's gambling book and wants an explanation. Yeah. Um, and she confronts 
uh, Matt and Lanny about it. Matt and Lanny are walking back in with just like armfuls of things, including a puppy. Including a puppy. Um, Lanny immediately makes a break for it and just runs home. Good call, bro. Good call. And then Matt tries to blame Sam. Like, well, dad just taught me this thing and I just wanted to teach everybody else about percentages. Um, and to which Joe calls him a liar, a cheater, and a gambler and says that he has to return all of the stuff, even the puppy, which is very sad because it's a very cute puppy. Yeah, um, Matt points out that he is a liar and a gambler, but not a cheater. Not a cheater. He did not cheat. No, he did not. He earned. (laughs) (laughs) He earned that puppy. Yeah. And then we have our concluding scene where Lizzie and Miranda are like, I guess it's just the two of us now. No more Gordo. Here are all the things that come in threes that we can't do anymore because there's only two of us. Except, guess what? Gordo immediately appears. And he is ready to forgive them. He says, I can't believe you would go so far as to spy on me and Brooke. On the one hand, I'm insulted. On the other, I know you did it because you really cared. Which... I feel like we're missing something here. We're definitely missing something here. Um, Like, Gordo's breakup is just very convenient. Again, like this entire episode. But yes, Brooke and Gordo broke up. That heavy piano, I put in quotations, meaningful music, reappears. um, Where Gordo says that he liked the idea of having a girlfriend more than actually having one. He's just not ready for that kind of commitment, which is a totally fair conclusion for a 13-year-old to come to. I think the more concerning thing is that apparently Gordo's been paying for all of her lunches since they started dating. (laughs) Yeah, that's not great. Like, you shouldn't have to do that, Gordo. (laughs) Yeah, you got played a Uh, little bit. You did did get played a little bit. Maybe Lizzie and Miranda were onto something. (laughs) We'll never know. There's just so much about this whole relationship that we have no idea about. Yeah, I don't understand Gordo coming up to them and being like, meh, it's okay. Like, who asked out whom? Like, did Gordo initiate this? We don't even know. Did Brooke initiate this? We don't even know the origin story. We don't even know the meet cute. And then, like, Lizzie and Miranda, do they even apologize? No, because they're not sorry. No, they're not sorry. I don't know. I just don't understand what this episode is getting at. It's okay to be overprotective and like cross like privacy boundaries with your friends because they'll know that it's coming from a good place. Uh, yeah, as long as at the end, <laughs> Gordo can call Miranda Miranda. That's what I have to say about that. <laughs> really had to bring it back up. Yep, just couldn't let it go. And then Lizzie tries to get Gordo to dish on the kissing but like a gentleman he does not kiss and tell and the episode ends with lizzie and miranda making kissy faces at gordo and i believe kissing him on his cheeks uh hard to tell but possibly Uh, it's insinuated as you can tell i'm not very high on this episode i just i don't understand so many choices um i don't like narratively there's just no Nothing tracks. A lot of things happened that didn't really need to happen just for the sake of moving the plot along, and they don't really track. All right, do you want to talk about the outfits? Not really, honestly. 
Well, we don't have to. Th- we don't have to talk about Miranda cross-dressing, which she cross-dressed like she's Carl Fredrickson from Up for whatever reason. I was gonna say Mr. Rogers. <laughs> uh, both accurate. Uh, Carl Fredrickson from Up and Mr. Rogers have a similar aesthetic. Now that I think about it, I had never grouped them together, but they're both old men who like to wear uh, tweed. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess that's right. But for some reason, this is the look that Miranda has chosen to go with as the male version of herself. I would like to start with the blanket that Miranda has knitted into a sweater in the opening scene. I would have worn something like that. I can't really judge that too heavily. Yeah. It's, it's fine. It's cute. It looks very thick, very woolly. I usually like Lizzie's chokers, but this one looks more like a collar, so I don't love it. Wouldn't all chokers look like collars? That one in particular. Skipping ahead to the scene where Lizzie and Miranda are talking at lunch, we see Lizzie once again in a leather jacket for the second time since going vegan. Oh, but I thought we established that she's most definitely not vegan. I mean, she's not vegan, but like how many leather jackets does she have? You know, like this is a completely different one. This one is brown. Wardrobe clearly did not keep track of Lizzie's commitment to (laughs) veganism. Yeah, she clearly does not really care about the cause. As we talked about before, Gordo spends most of the episode in a bright orange button-down shirt. We have talked about the orange shirt. We have not talked about how much I hate it. (laughs) Uh, You don't like this shirt? I hate anything and everything that is orange, so. I think Brooke is also wearing something orange at the restaurant. They've, like, coordinated a little bit. Although, you know, Gordo has made a little bit of an effort. He's buttoned up. He doesn't have the open the open shirt look. He's, he's buttoned up all the way. Yeah, they're color coordinated on their date. You have to coordinate when you go to Holy Rigatoni. That's one of the rules. Brooke looks cute. Yeah, if only we knew more about her. I know. Can we talk about Miranda's outfit here? Yeah, I've, um, I've skipped forward all the way to the end just to see what we are looking at here. Uh, <laughs> Miranda looks like... I don't even know how to describe this. Do you want to take it? Yeah, Miranda looks like um, a pack of Wonder Bread came to life. <laughs> <laughs> and taken the form of Miranda. It's true. She's wearing like a short sleeve shirt with like orange and yellow polka dots, but then like a... What would you even call that? Like a sweatshirt vest over it? It's got to be a sweatshirt vest. You've never had a sweatshirt vest? No, usually when you're wearing a sweatshirt, you want to be warm and therefore it has sleeves. Oh, well, welcome back to the 90s. Except it's 2001. Well, it's a rel- it's a holdover from the 90s. Yeah, not my favorite Miranda look. All right, yeah, we can move on from this. Okay, well, I guess it's time to talk about MVPs then, right? Uh, Yep. Okay, I think it's your turn to go first. Ooh. All right, this is definitely a tough call um, because I don't like a lot of the things that happened in this episode. And I don't know, I, w- I, I would give it to Matt McGuire, but I just feel like this B story wasn't particularly strong. They didn't really give him a lot of time. You know, the B story scenes were only like 30 seconds and then we would cut back to the main story. So we didn't even really get to sit with the genius of Matt's, you know, gambling ring uh, that it deserved. Part of me wanted to give it to Carlos as <laughs> Alice Rocky, um, the host from the restaurant, just because he really had a profound impact on me. But I think it's got to go to Gordo, right? Like, 
here he is in a relationship, you know, he's uh, growing up before our very eyes, and he's provided all of the drama. So much drama. In this episode, so for that reason, I think Gordo has to be my MVP. Yeah, I, this is really hard for me too, for all the same reasons that you stated, I really did not love a lot of the things happening in this episode, and even in the B story, no one made a strong enough impact to earn it. I don't love that Gordo lied at first. So that's hard for me too. I don't know. I don't know who deserves it this time. I mean, you're also free to give your MVP to <laughs> the Holy Rigatoni host, Carlos Alizraki. But I never do throwaway MVPs. Oh, well, you know, you have to you have to get down to my level at some point. You know what? Yeah, I'm just going to I'm just going to go along with the trend here and I am going to give it to Gordo. I wish that he had not lied so aggressively at the beginning of the episode, but I really felt for him in terms of wanting to figure out his feelings before bringing his friends into it and the whole idea that Lizzie and Miranda were unable to process Gordo in a relationship was a little hurtful and unfair. And I think that Gordo is a bit too forgiving. But I also think that he was kind of the center of this episode and no one else really even comes close to Gordo. All right. Gordo sweeping the episode and getting a little H&H Ugh, why'd you bring that back? <laughs> I, I don't know. So that is it for episode 119, Gordo and the Girl. Before we get to our end of episode plugs, I just wanted to bring to everyone's attention an organization called the Okra Project. The Okra Project is a collective that seeks to address the global crisis faced by black trans people by bringing home-cooked, healthy, and culturally specific meals and resources to black trans people wherever they can reach them. It's a really great organization that brings black trans chefs into the homes of black trans people and makes sure that they can get a healthy meal. Black trans people are one of the most at-risk segments of the population in terms of homelessness, and state-sanctioned violence by the police. So I just wanted to bring this incredible organization to everyone's attention in light of some of the cringeworthy parts of this episode. And we will put links to donate in the show notes, and I hope you'll check it out. Yeah, it's a good cause uh, and a good organization, so definitely worth uh, checking it out for sure. Yeah, and one session costs the Okra Project $90. So for $90, you can donate yourself, you can get a group of friends, all pitch in, and feed some people some good food. Yeah, okra's good stuff. You have recently become quite fond of okra. Okra's good. I like okra. I never knew I did until recently, but I do. I like okra. <laughs> yeah, support the Okra Project. And on that note, that is episode 119, Gordo and the Girl. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at OutfitRepeatPod. Send us questions, tweet at us, DM us, email us at OutfitRepeatersPodcast at gmail.com. 
Yep, we'll put this uh, show along with our other episodes on our website, www.paginatedmedia.com slash outfit repeaters, uh, along with the outfits that we talked about today as well. And be sure to tune in next week for episode 120, Educating Ethan. Oh, Ethan. If anyone needs an education, it seems to be (laughs) Ethan. Ethan Craft is back, and I can't wait. Yeah, it's been a couple episodes. I've missed Ethan. Sometimes so profound, sometimes so dopey, but always unproblematic. (laughs) 